We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-B-A.com. Thanks for listening. I'm so excited this morning to share with you on this Memorial Day, on this Mental Health Sunday, what God is going to do in and through you when you say yes and you surrender your life to Jesus and you just turn it all over to him and trust him. It's amazing. It's so good what God can do with you. So as we transition into a time of hearing the word of the Lord, and I say that with no light heart, I've had to wrestle this word to the ground. I've had to wrestle this week with so many things that wanted to take out what God was doing, but God always comes through. He never fails. He never fails. So would you join me in readying your hearts and minds to receive this morning as we pray? God, thank you so much that you are a mountain-moving God, and that when I prayed, God, let me have faith that moves mountains. Boy, did you move some mountains, Jesus. I can't even begin to thank you for all that you are doing in and through us as a church and what you're doing in and through me. God, I pray that as I bring a word that you would enlighten our hearts to receive what you have for us today. I pray, God, that you would strengthen us in our inner selves so that we might bear witness to your joy and your grace and your freedom For we ask this by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. You guys can take a seat. So if we haven't met yet, my name is Emma Adams, and I am the lead pastor here at Hope Church. Um, And I lead with my husband, who you met earlier. Um, He is our executive director. We are the executive team. It's like a superpower, really. Um, So listen, May marks uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, and I am a survivor And if you're a survivor, you know what that means. I'm a suicide survivor. And I'm very, very honored this morning to help us talk openly about one of the most difficult topics in relation to mental health awareness, and that's the topic of shame. Shame. Shame and false guilt are lies that the enemy tells us. But before I get into that, I want to give a little disclaimer, okay? Today may feel intense, and I wanted to give you a little heads up that it might not be as lighthearted as I normally present because it's such a very serious topic because we're going to be tackling one of the most painful emotions that emerges um, every year and drives us to behaviors that are damaging to us and those around us, okay? And that's shame. So sometimes we feel, um, we find that we battle shame from past even more than times at present, right? So we battle our past, and we battle um, it even more than, than anything else. And shame is absolutely one of the most difficult and complex uh, things to understand that we experience. It's an emotion that is really challenging to wrestle to the ground. So I would posit this morning, actually, that shame is probably one of the most identity-warping and spirit-crushing emotions that we experience as people. This emotion has a way of becoming magnified by trauma and for many can be really overwhelming. 
One of my favorite uh, communicators and researchers is a person named Brene Brown. And Brene Brown is a licensed clinical social worker and researcher in shame. She actually studies shame, and it's pretty remarkable. And she says this, shame is highly correlated with addiction, depression, violence, aggression, bullying, suicide, and eating disorders. Whoa. Shame is the root of many behaviors that are damaging to self and to those around us. And it's something that we are literally ashamed to talk about. Well, we're not about shame here at Hope Church. We're about life and freedom. So we're going to talk about hard topics, and we're going to wrestle them to the ground, and we're going to get freedom from it. I've had my fair share of shame spirals, that time when shame hits you and you begin to downward spiral. I had one, <laughs> several, <laughs> over the past couple of months, um, and I've had some amazing friends that have helped me out of that. So I'm sure that you can also identify with some times in your life where shame has overwhelmed you and made you believe lies that aren't true about yourself. So I want to clarify some different definitions, though, this morning so that we're all working from the same uh, verbal context, so that we all have the same language around shame and guilt and mental health. So guilt is the feeling that I did bad and it produces change. Guilt is good because guilt says I did bad and I need to change. Shame is the feeling that I am bad and there's nothing I can do about it. You see the difference? Shame is I am bad and there's nothing I can do about it. But guilt says I did something wrong and I need to change to correct my behavior so that I can be in the right or as the Bible calls it, righteous. Okay? So maybe today you've embraced the message that you're a horrible person. And maybe today you believe lies that somebody told you uh, to make you uh, make yourself look bad, or, and maybe you're carrying shame around. Sometimes shame can make us really feel worthless. And maybe it's your past. Maybe like many of us, you've stepped outside of God's best for relationships and your past is fraught with challenges because of that. Or maybe you might be consumed or paralyzed by shame that just seems to suffocate you and you can't breathe. And it could be any number of different things that you internalize. You may have concluded this morning that I am just not a good person. That you're incapable. Look, guy, I'm telling you right now, before too long, we begin to identify ourselves by the wrong choices we've made in the past. And we hear the gremlin of shame in our hearts. Anybody have a gremlin? These gremlins begin to tear at your heart and your mind. And, and we may even say out loud to ourselves, I'm just jacked up. I'm just defective. I'm flawed. I'm ugly. I'm impure. I'm disgusting. I'm unlovable. I'm weak. I'm pitiful. I'm insignificant. I'm worthless. I'm unwanted. I'm an embarrassment. Have you ever heard that in your heart? Has shame ever been the gremlin telling you that you're just not good enough? I have. And it's awful. And seriously, it can be so overwhelming and painful. In fact, researchers published a study in clinical psychology and psychotherapy in 2010 that found that shame memories have traumatic memory characteristics that not only affect shame in adulthood, but also seem to moderate the impact of shame on depression. 
That means that they found shame acts in our brains in the same way a trauma acts in our bodies. So when I say I have brain damage, it means I have shame damage and brain damage from trauma. It's actually a real thing. It can be damaging. And many of us rehearse our shame episodes over and over and over. Are you depressed yet? <laughs> right? Because shame is a very real emotion. And when we internalize our failures and mistakes and make them our identity, we take on this shame-based thinking, and this thinking begins to literally hijack our identity in real ways. We get shame-based mindset, and this shame-based mindset can impact us in three major ways that I want to cover with you this morning. First, when we let the gremlins of shame take over our minds, we can be vulnerable to perfectionism. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to meddle all up in your business this morning. Where's my perfectionist people at, right? In fact, Brene Brown calls shame the breeding ground for perfectionism because we try to silence our shame with error-free performances. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. We try to outmaneuver our failures when we respond to shame this way, we find it difficult to admit failure. <clears throat> Gentlemen, just kidding. We do it too, ladies, right? And we strive to desperately be perfect in detail so we can outrun all of our shame. And we want to silence shame by performing at the highest standard and say, look, I'm not bad. I got it all just right. I'm good. Another response to shame-based mindset is that we become overly critical of ourselves. And in turn, we become very critical of others. We're very, very hard on ourselves. And it becomes very easy to be so overwhelmed by our shame that we constantly mentally punish ourselves for our shameful behavior. You know the gremlin that comes up in your mind and says, you see that person? They have that flaw. Look at them. You see them overeat. You see them do that. It's because they're not good enough because you're not good enough. And that voice becomes critical of self and critical of others and critical of self and critical of others until you're just an angry mess of shame spirals and depression and anxiety. And we might even detect like similar flaws in someone else and we'll just lash out of them because we see our flaws reflected back at us. And often this leads us to self-perceived, um, for us to be perceived by other people as self-righteous or arrogant or judgmental. But the truth of the matter is we're just so critical of ourselves that we don't know what to do with our shame and that's how we respond. Finally, shame-based thinking can cause us to enter in a cyclical, self-defeating line of thought that acts as both protection from and escape from pain. We sabotage our own lives by putting the gremlins of shame on repeat and we perpetuate self-talk like, my family will never be wholesome or happy because I'm in it. 
or I'll never be healthy and fit because I could never have discipline or self-control. Or I don't deserve a fulfilling career because I'm just bad at everything. When this thinking is allowed to perpetuate in our minds, it causes us to jump to the worst possible case or scenario every time. We live in a cycle of shame and trauma that can feel very, very self-defeating. My husband and I call this stinking thinking. He'll say to me, you're stinking thinking again. When my shame gremlins come up and tell me you're not good enough, you'll never be good enough, you'll never have wholeness or healing, you'll never be smart enough or quick enough or whatever, I have to be reminded that stinking thinking is that I'm not worthy of good, so I don't deserve good, and I'm not going to get good or try to be good or let anyone around me achieve good either. And I will tear down myself and everyone around me with my shame gremlins. Has anybody ever experienced thinking? thinking? Yeah. And this shame-based thinking is why I feel so berserk sometimes. Like mad berserk, right? And maybe you felt that way too. Well, today, it's my deepest prayer that our God would do a healing work and set so many people free of the dark and devastating emotion of shame. My prayer for you comes out of Isaiah 54, 4, and this is what God is speaking to Israel. And I believe this will be God speaking to many of you. God said, fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. Read it. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. I mean, that's good enough. That's good enough right there. But can you listen to it just one more time? Eternalize these words. He says, fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There's no more disgrace for you. No more disgrace. Think about those two words, disgrace grace. God came and replaced our disgrace with his enormous grace in Christ. Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. Anybody a youth up in here been a youth? Anybody did some shameful stuff in their youth? Oh, I'm so glad I'm not alone. Oh, I'm glad because, boy, your girl was jacked up in this school. I was talking to Kyron and Courtney this morning about some things that happened when I was in this school. The shame and disgrace cannot haunt me anymore. The great news about being a follower of Jesus is that we can be set free from the shame of our past. 1 John 1, 9 is a promise that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Unrighteous in us. Unrighteousness. 
That's what it's talking about. So if you are in Christ, you are made completely new. You are clean and pure because your old self is gone. So God separates your sins from you. Y'all get this? Separates your sins from you and takes your sins and tosses them. I mean, that's powerful. God separates your sins and throws them out. He doesn't hold them against you anymore. You are free. F-R-E-E, free. Yes, I just spit on my iPad because I'm so passionate about freedom, okay? Don't worry, it's got a cover, okay? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your sins are forgiven, remembered no more. So the question is, why do we continue as followers of Jesus to live in shame? Why? How can we get the truth of this freedom and grace and love from our heads into our spirits? And the truth is that shame can be so difficult to overcome because it becomes our identity over time. So we wear our shame like a jacket and we take it and we put it on every morning. I'm going to wear my shame today. So let's look at a biblical example from the Old Testament and see how Christ can set us all free from the gremlins of shame. And it's the story of the Israelites and their exodus from slavery in Egypt. So God's people were in bondage for over 430 years. Can you imagine for a moment that you were a slave at the end of these 430 years? Your parents were slaves. Your grandparents were slaves. We're talking about a shame spiral that is like generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. So let me put that into perspective for you. I went back into my ancestry recently uh, to look at where my family came from. So I was able to trace our family all the way back to a Bavarian altar carver named Wolfgang, who lived from 1758 to 1798. That is only eight generations of heritage, and that's only 220 years or so. So with the Israelites, we're talking about a people whose identity for 16 generations is that they are worthless, that they're nothing, that they're unimportant, that they're not valuable, that they're simply good for labor. Slaves. You might recall from Sunday school in a flannel graph that God raised up a man named Moses and set him to Pharaoh to say, let my people go. Let my people go. Okay, that was Sunday school. There's a whole thing. Pharaoh finally let them go. And they were free after four centuries of slavery. But there was freedom for them, but there was not freedom in them. So you see, they were free outwardly from shame and slavery, but internally they were these gremlins of shame still haunting them like ghosts. And they were out of slavery, but slavery was not out of them. So they were out of Egypt, but Egypt wasn't out of them. And they were free in the person, yet they were not free in their hearts. And so it's with us. We intellectually know that we are free in Jesus because he has forgiven our sins and made us brand new. But in our hearts, 
our identity is not grounded in Christ. And we are still being held slaves by the shame that keeps us from living the life that God really wants for us. So the bottom line here is that you're still believing that you are something that God says you are not. Okay? You're still buying into the shame that warps your identity and holds you in your shame. It's like concrete shoes you can't take off. And I want to be vulnerable with you today. I have struggled with shame for many years, and I often try to overachieve and prove myself, and I still struggle from time to time with the shame gremlin or 700 or three or four, you know, whatever the week holds for me. But I found an answer for them. I found what really, really matters, and I realized I had to change who I listened to. I had to actively choose to stop listening to the shame gremlins in my life. And to heal from the shame is to shift from focusing on what I am not to who Christ is. I am not my past. I am not who other people project onto me to be. I am not my shame. I am not my sin past. I am who Christ is. You understand who Christ is. I didn't even say who I am in Christ. I said on who Christ is. Do you hear that? So the more I focus on myself, the more I realize that I will always come up short. I will disappoint you 100%. 100% I will make mistakes and I might fail. But the truth is, and I don't mean to sound rude, but so will you. Sometimes, gang, I am pathetic and inadequate. And sometimes you are too. In reality, not one of us was meant to be perfect because if we were perfect, we would be God and there is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So you see, we all need help. Everybody. Everybody needs help. And, and you see, we all need help. So if we focus on ourselves, we will always come up short. That's why we must shift our focus from us to the solution to our shame, Jesus Christ. So remember the Israelites and their 430 years, right? God sets them free. They're out of Egypt, but Egypt's not out of them. They're out of slavery, but in their minds and in their hearts, they're still in bondage to the shame of the past. And God says something in Joshua 5.9. Years after they're actually free, and I love the way God says it. He, the Lord said to Joshua, I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. Today, I have rolled it away. Today, at this moment, there is no more shame. Somebody just do me a little Stephen Furtick. Look at your neighbor. Say, there ain't no shame in my game. Thank you very much. No shame in my game. He said today, not tomorrow. It might take some time, but in his presence at this moment, by his grace, from his power, through his spirit, you and I get to begin the journey toward freedom from shame. Craig Rochelle said it this way. He said, shame off you. Not shame on you, shame off you. So I declare, and I understand this, and I embrace it, and I want you to too. You are not what you did in the past. 
You are not what others say you are. You are not even who you think you are. You are not what somebody did to you. Can I say that one more time? You are not what somebody did to you. Who are you? You are who Christ says you are. You are who Christ says you are. If you are in Christ, who are you? You're free. You are forgiven. You are changed. You are redeemed. You are healed. You are blessed. You are chosen. You are complete. If you are in Christ, you are a child of God. The old is gone and the new has come and everything is just so brand new. And you're out of Egypt and Egypt is out of you. And your shame, you're out of shame and your shame is out of you. Come on. Why? Because today... Today, by the power of God, he's rolled away shame. There's no more condemnation. None. Ain't nobody going to condemn you up in this church. Why? Because we are all just jacked up with you, relying on Jesus to rid us of our shame. So what is it for you? Maybe you carried a secret. You made a decision, something you regret. You hurt somebody. You failed. And the enemy has tried to connect the what with the shame. You're bad, you're dirty, you're nothing. This morning, take the focus off you and put the focus on who Christ is. When we are Christ-centered in the way we live, we might be a little bit inadequate, but Christ is more than enough. We might be a little bit jacked up, but Christ got you. Okay, I can do everything he calls me to do. I have everything I need to do, everything he calls me to do. Today, may shame be rolled away from you. So I'm going to close this out with a verse once more in, in my prayer for you. Over and over in the Bible, God says, fear not, fear not, fear not. Your enemy tells you that you'll never be, you fill in the blank. You're never going to be, you're never going to amount. Maybe even, maybe even a parent figure has told you you're never going to amount to much. If they only knew you, they wouldn't love you. Has anybody ever said that to you? That's crazy. Maybe somebody told you you could never make a difference. Fear not. Fear not. Because of God's power, because of God's grace, because of what Christ did, you will no longer live in shame. You don't have to live there anymore. Do not be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. You are not what you did. You are not what others say you are. You're not even what you think you are. You are who Christ says you are. And if you are in Christ, you are a child of God. The old is gone and the new has come. And because of that, you don't have to live in shame. I want you to know this morning what really grinds my gears is the fact that many of us don't memorize important passages. So I challenge you this morning to memorize this passage in Ephesians 6, 13 through 15. This is one of the very first things God spoke to me when I said yes to Jesus. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, stand. 
Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Don't run back to your sin. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What is the gospel of peace? It's living at peace with God through Christ Jesus. It's the belief and faith that Christ is enough. He is more than enough. So I want to pray for you today, but I also want you to know that we have a care team who is available to pray with you today too. We have a care team room. We have two precious, amazing pastors who will pray with you and pray over you and pray for you. And we even have counselor's cards in there. If you need somebody to help you walk out of shame, if you need somebody to help get shame off of you, we have amazing counselors available to you that you can schedule an appointment as soon as you want to. Their cards are available. It's amazing. If you need to make a confession, if you need someone to partner with you in prayer, it's not weird, and we would be so honored to do that with you. And we know that this is a process. That's why we want to be a steadfast witness in this community. That's why we're not going anywhere. Because we know that getting shame off of people is a process. Because it's taken God a long time to get shame off of me. But this morning you might be sitting here and saying, man, I've never really had anybody explain the gospel of peace, this Jesus thing to me like you did. And I need to say yes today. I want you to say yes today. But I want to know that you said yes so that I can follow up with you. So if you have your phones out, you can go ahead and take them out. Yes, we're that weird church that lets you take your phones out, right, Charlie? Right. So we're going to have you take your phone out. And um, I'm going to just pray. And look, Jesus isn't weird. He's just real cool. Okay? And he's just gonna, you're just going to say yes to Jesus, and then you can just snap a QR code or text the word to 94,000. If you're here today, too, and you want to recommit your life, that's going to be coming up next. So I'm going to pray with you for salvation. Jesus, we believe and receive that you are Lord. We want to get shame off of us, so we say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes, and we want to connect to know you better. We want to connect to people who can help us grow in our faith and in knowing you and in, in learning about your word and in worship and in wonder and in miracles and all the things that only you can do. So God, we say yes to you today. I'm going to give you just a minute to snap that QR code or text. We thank you, Jesus, for all the decisions in this place today. Maybe you're here and you've said yes to Jesus at one time, but you've let shame just choke out the life of Christ in you. I want to help you recommit to Jesus and get your life back in track with Jesus. And so I'm going to pray a prayer just for you, for those of you who are recommitting your life to Jesus today. I'm going to pray a prayer and you can snap a QR code and we will connect with you via text this week. We will call you um, because we love you, genuinely love you, and we want to see you have freedom. So let's pray. God, there are some of us who need to come home. We need to tell you, I'm back. I'm back, Dad, and I'm, I'm here. I love you, and I'm sorry I left. If that's you, just say, that's me. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to say I'm back. And I feel the Holy Spirit in agreement with that. And he says, welcome home. 
If that's you, you can snap this QR code. We're just gonna bow our heads and give you a minute to, to do that in private. And we'll connect in private with you. We have honor here at this house and we don't, we don't share information or divulge information that isn't necessary for the working of the Holy Spirit. And then I, I would like for you to all pray with this prayer with me. I, I don't normally do this, but I want to pray a prayer and I want you to read it with me and pray it with me out loud. I know that's weird. It's like a call and response, like Little Richard or whatever, but like we're going to kick it one time old school, okay? So whenever you're froggy, you can jump right in and read. Okay, Jesus, our model of vir all virtues, pure vessel of God's grace, see us here, humbly bowing our heads. I ask your loving heart to pray for me before the throne of God. It is only to you that I have solace from all the dangers within and without. Shield me from my enemies. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with us always, so that we may turn from whatever God forbids and avoid all temptations and sin. Your heart, Jesus, is always so full of love, compassion, and mercy towards those who are afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed anyone without consolation and love who confessed their sins to you. I ask that you would powerfully intercede for us here in the confident hope that you will hear our prayers and obtain for us the special grace and favor to be freed from shame for the greater glory of God and the welfare of our souls. Help us, Lord Jesus Christ, to live and die as faithful children of God, to be ever submissive to his holy will and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen. That is a prayer of benediction. It's very liturgical. <laughs> I like liturgy. Sometimes it's very appropriate. So as you listen to the closing announcements and as you move about your week, I pray that you would move with the power of Christ in you working and doing only what he can through you. And I will give God all the glory for it because I do this in the power of the Holy Spirit and in Jesus' name. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hope.com delmarva.com that's hope d-e-l-m-a-r-v-a dot com thanks for listening